What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome to the Elevated Podcast, based on the best-selling books, Elevated and Excavated. I'm co-author and host, Virgil Herring, and joining me, as always, co-author and co-host with me, Drew Maddox. Drew, how are you today, buddy? Virgil, doing great, and, you know, summer's just moving so quickly. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> when we were kids, we the summer was has a different meaning than when you're an adult. Yes, it does. <laughs> and I don't know if you if – you, I, I was in Target the other day, and they had back-to-school supplies already out. And I, and I remember as a kid, it struck me when the calendar turned to July, it started to feel like, wait a minute, this isn't just all fun and games like schools around the corner. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. Well, today we're delving in, delving into chapter five of Excavated, which is capable. And I, this chapter for me, reading over it, is full of gems. When you think of capable, Drew, what strikes you? I, I, I love this one. I, I, I love every word we do, of course. And we've done, I don't know, 50, this is 55, whatever, whatever it would be. Yeah. Capable to me, essentially in one word, sums up the great question all of us as human beings ask every single day we wake up. And it's basically this. The question we're all asking if we are vulnerable and being honest is, do I have what it takes? I'm always constantly, even me as a 46-year-old dad, husband, businessman, um, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, coach, speaker, writer, I'm still asking the question, do I have what it takes? And I think the beautiful part to that that complements that and the great opportunity we have to be in relationship and community with others is the opportunity to deposit empowerment and encouragement into people every day yeah. that wake up and ask that question. And we are the people that are the answering of that question of these people we're doing life with, because we're the ones that are displaying and modeling that we do believe in them and that they do have what it takes. So I'm asking that question, but I'm also the answer to that question in the way I download empowerment into other people's story. And it's this great, big, wonderful thing that we get to do every day, which is to be in relationship with other people. Empowerment of capability. Mm. Because there are so many people that are really one person away from believing in themselves. Yes. Yes. There are so many people out there that have unfortunately been neglected into, into having deposits made in their life about their capability. Yeah. And then there are other people who have felt like they were capable and failed and took it too personal and it rattled their capability. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about being a coach is that, you know, I'd see people come in you know, frequently. I'm their last ditch effort. or I'm going to quit the game. Yeah. And oftentimes 
it's something that has gone undiagnosed that they had no idea about. And I have people that in five minutes went from ready to jump off the golf cliff to f- ready to take on anybody. And think about that beautiful opportunity. Yeah. And that's one of my, or that's my, my favorite place. The beautiful cha- uh, the, the, the challenge, if not handled with care and, and steward with care that you could lead the other direction. Yeah. You know, but you and I, of course, as a coach, we view ourselves as a bridge to this unbelievable opportunity that we're trying to transport these very important people in our lives to 100%. this new world. I'm so sorry about my voice, by the way. I, I just find it fascinating. <clears throat> I've had so many, like my favorite stories to tell are the ones that come in with no hope left. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they give one more person a chance. And I have a, I had a couple, but I just feel like I'll, I'll make it short, but I've had two players that I'll, I'll never forget. One was a boy who played at middle Tennessee state. I taught his dad for a really long time, but I never taught him. And I said, you know, Tom, how's Spence doing? Well, Virgil, actually, he's actually on his way over to see, uh, the athletic director. He's going to turn in a scholarship because he just can't play anymore. Wow. I said, well, why what's going on there he's well he's just not hitting it very good and he's he's playing terrible and he just doesn't want to take he doesn't want to do it anymore i mean virtually we've literally taken him to see everybody there is to go see and i'm like well i haven't seen him i've been teaching you for years and then he's like yeah, you're you're right yeah so he calls him he said yeah i'm in the parking lot i'm getting ready to walk in he goes come to gaylord let, let let Virgil look at it real quick. So he comes in. I mean, the self-esteem is negative. He's got nothing left. Yeah. He's broken. He was a really good player. And he makes one swing. I'm like, is that, that's it right there? Yeah. This is so easy. <laughs> so I just made his hips turn correctly. Perfect. No um, way. Like so, this is this is unbelievable. He is literally two minutes from resigning his scholarship. Comes to see me. This is in the December-ish yeah. time frame. Their first tournament in the spring is in late January in Puerto Rico. So we're talking about a kid who's going to turn in his scholarship. He goes out, and he had been playing so poorly that even though he won the qualifier. The coach wasn't sure enough yet to put him in the lineup, but he was taking him as an individual. Wow. And he won. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and he went on to have a great year. He's played wonderfully, and now he's a father, and he's not on the tour. Right. But he's a father, and he plays great golf, and I, I, I follow him on social media. He's a great player. Another one, which is the greatest story, is – Megan Grehan, who ended up playing on the LPG Tour, she played at Vanderbilt. Okay. She was a great, great player at Vanderbilt. She's the only player to have played in three U.S. Opens before she was 18. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's amazing. So I'm at West Haven. It's a Sunday morning early. And she's, <laughs> there's somebody in my bay hitting golf balls. And I'm like, I am pretty sure I'm not teaching a girl at nine. And I'm even more sure that I'm not teaching a girl that hits it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, um, I'm Virgil, director of instruction here. Blah, blah, blah. What, are you, uh, what are you doing? I'm just hitting balls. I'm like, oh, no, nah, man, this is difficult. I'm, I'm sorry, but to be 
in here hitting balls to practice. You have to be a member. I'm a member. I'm like, you're not a member. I'm a mind. You're not a member. I've never seen you here. And you're by far the best female player that I've seen here. And you haven't won any of the club championships. You know, I, would, I would absolutely know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, she's like, well, I, this is only the first time. I've been a member for two years. I've just never been here. I'm like, oh, okay. So she, uh, we take her. I, I have to have a nine o'clock lesson. She was, and she gets embarrassed and she leaves. And I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. Um, Wow, that was bizarre. So she leaves, and I teach golf all day. And she comes, I'm walking back to my car. It's like 5 o'clock at night. And she's walking back out to the driving range. I'm like, hey, Megan. She goes, hey, I got a question. Um, Do you have any lessons open tomorrow? I said, as a matter of fact, I just had a plane lesson canceled, so I'm wide open from like 9 to 1. I'll take all four hours. All four hours. Wow. So I work with her for four hours. And she said she's going to go play in a golf tournament with her dad at Medalist down in Florida. So she goes down and plays. And then I get this, the, the, the scariest phone calls that I get as a professional is, Virgil, we need to talk. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what's going on? She goes, um, I just need to let you know something. I quit my job. Why? I'm going to play professional golf. I'm like, hold on a second. You quit for two years. And now you're going to quit your job and turn professional? Yeah, I'm playing in the Arizona Open next week. So she goes and finishes close to last. A little disheartened. She goes to Q school. Doesn't make it through phase one. Okay. So she calls me. She says, hey, I need to speak with you. So she shows up at the golf academy. She says, would you be willing to go to Morocco with me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> to go to Ladies European Tour Q School. I said, oh, I got to ask. I, mean, I, I can't believe. When are we leaving? Tomorrow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. So I end up going to Morocco. She has not yet shot under 75 as a professional. I'm caddying. I didn't even know I was going to be caddying. I thought I was just there to be the coach. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, so uh, who's caddying for you? Uh, you. You? I'm like, <laughs> I'm never, I'm, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so she she ends up finishing fifth and gets her European tour card. So then she plays all through Europe the next wow. year. She comes back to America, and she finishes third in the LPGA Q School and gets her card. Quit, never wanted to play golf again, never thought she could, and then fulfills her lifelong dream of being on wow. the LPGA tour. And to me... She didn't know how capable she was because she was needing that one more voice of encouragement, empowerment. Mm. And that's the, that's the beauty of our job as a coach yes. is that so many people try to do it by themselves. But, but how many people know that you, there's nobody gets anywhere by themselves, but yet they feel like they just don't want to ask others for help or rely on somebody else to help them get there. They want to do it themselves, and they just can't do it. And then somebody comes along like a coach, like a mentor, grabs you by the hand and takes you to where you never thought you could go. That's right. What two beautiful stories. Wow. Yeah, it's and real. And you, you were instrumental back to the need for people in our life 
to remind us that we are capable, then it allows us back to last week's work to take that step of bravery to stare fear in the face, to not live a life of regret. And that's exactly what what she displayed there. I'm not going to have a regret. That's right. But she needed you to remind her that she did have what it took. She needed a little nudging of empowerment, encouragement. And then, I mean, gosh, what a model of bravery for her to go say, I'm quitting my job. I had quit golf and and I'm good. Some people would view that as radical yeah, or, or too risky, yep. but she said, I'm not going to live my life with, the, with a regret. Yeah. But what an awesome opportunity you played in that story of reminding her she was capable. Yeah. This is my favorite story <clears throat> to tell because there are two th- when you're going through it yeah, and you're seeing the emotional energy that they're putting out. Like they're so excited about the trajectory that they're on after thinking that there was no such thing as that trajectory. Yeah. But yet just enough fear in front of them. Yes. Like that's nearly paralyzing. What if this doesn't work? Yeah. But they faced it and demonstrated that they were capable to face anything. And that's the thing that's so important for people to remember. We, we might not be experts in a field. But we can be capable as soon as you put your mind to it. That's right. And as I talked about in my book, I didn't go to Mississippi State with a meet for a media degree. But that hasn't stopped me from being on the Golf Channel for five years, News Channel five for seventeen, radio for seventeen, and now our podcast on the Verge. All all these things, (laughs) all these things. I don't have a degree in those things. Yeah. No, nobody's. I just said yes and figured it out. Yeah. I believed that I was capable, even though I don't have a degree and go to school for this, that I can do it. And much like, and and not that I did anything special, but even when we first met and you're like, I'm not sure that I can write a book. And I'm like, oh my, Drew, if I can write a book, you can write a book. And now we're here. Right. So in a moment of doubt that you had, you recognized that you were capable. You jumped in the seat and off we went. And now look at it. Yeah. You know, you were capable. Yeah. You know, I just, I I haven't even thought about this, but I've been talking about this lately that, um, you know, there's two gaps that exist in our life. And one is the capability gap, which is who I am today and who I'm becoming. And you need somebody or somebodies and moments and experiences that help to shrink that gap and to close that gap. Mm-hmm. That's through empowerment. It's through overcoming. It's through even hardship and struggle. It's all of those things of who you're becoming. There's this capability gap that you're capable of so much more than you even thought, imagined, or hoped for. But then the other thing that is the beautiful part that's run in parallel with that is the impact gap. So not only in this journey of who I am and who I'm becoming, but it's who I am in the needs of the world around me or the, the impact that I can make because the capability that we can unleash on the world of who we're becoming has to be directly correlated to the impact that you're going to make on the world around you. 100%. Without that, it's really insignificant because then, then it's a, so what, I mean, so what Virgil, if you went on to do these things and it doesn't really have an impact. So what you're talking about, I get really excited because I know the impact you've made in people's lives. You just told two stories mm-hmm. right there that you closed the capability gap in who they were and who they're becoming. And what a beautiful opportunity we we have all around us all day long of these people that are walking on uh, around us. 
that we're in relationship with. Maybe it's somebody you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're in the, in the line in the grocery store at Starbucks or at a restaurant. And all they may need in that one moment in time is just that reminder that they do have what it takes. They are capable. But it may take you stepping out of your comfort and offering, hey, how are you today? It could be, can I help you with that? It could be a smile on your face. It could be something so small. But all of a sudden, you're reminding that person that they are worthy, they have value, and they're capable of moving forward in their in their story. Yeah. And <clears throat> there's there's hardly anything more noble than to be able to play a part in helping somebody Absolutely. recognize their capability. Obviously, you had a tremendous run as a basketball coach at CPA. What's your favorite story that you have yeah. <laughs> of, of helping somebody recognize their their value on the court? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's so many. Yeah. Uh, but the story I wrote about in the book is one of my favorite stories ever because of the impact it had on a group of young men that will never forget it. And then a, even a school community beyond that sport has the ability to create and, and energize a community. 2019, we're playing in the final eight. <clears throat> we're playing the defendant state champions. And um, we're playing at our place for a chance to go to the final four at Lipscomb's Allen Arena. So yeah. this is the game. It's the hump game. It's the hardest game to win as a coach. Uh, in Tennessee high school basketball, we call it the sub-state or the sectional game. Yeah. The game before, because once you get to the state tournament, it's like making it to the final four. Like everything else is gravy at that point. We've won state championships, which we've been blessed. We've lost some, but, but getting to that moment in your season is the crown jewel. So this is the game. Everybody's tight. Everybody's fearful. You're trying to release that, get your kids to play free. That year we had six seniors that were so special. Uh, One in particular was just uh, all state basketball player and all state football player. Uh, just gave our whole school community a tremendous sense of 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 power. Like he he just had that force about him, uh, where he affected the whole campus. Just yeah. one of those kids, incredible, incredible human being, incredible athlete as well. He did everything for us that year. He he ended up going to play, and he plays football at Furman now. But he was uh, about six two, six three, two twenty. But he was our point guard. Oh wow! I mean, and so. Just unbelievable basketball player. He'll, he'll for the next forty years of his life, he'll be an incredible pickup basketball player. Like we'll shut gyms down because he's so good. <laughs> but but this young man was our do it all. He probably led us in every statistical category. But he was our source of strength, source of confidence, source of everything. He was playing unbelievable that night. And this is a game where back and forth, no team had more than a three-point lead. It was possession by possession. Every possession was valued. Every possession mattered. Early, uh, about midway through the fourth quarter, we're, we're, uh, I think we were tied. Play in front of us. He plants his foot and makes a crossover dribble and, and starts to hobble. And the ref calls traveling because he picked, I mean, that, that's their correct call. But it wasn't the travel or the turnover. I, I knew something was wrong. I mean, he's tough as nails. Yeah. So I'll speed the story up. 
you know, we get him to the, the trainer and, and I send a sub in and I have this little sophomore that's about five foot six who now plays basketball for Trevecca, by the way, went on to become an all-state <laughs> basketball player too. <laughs> but this little sophomore uh, gets put into this moment uh, that was critical. You know, there's four minutes left. Our best player, everybody's doubting what is going on. Um, they go down, they score. They go up to about three minutes and 30 seconds left. We come into our offensive possession in front of our bench, and I could just tell the collective look of our team was like they had seen a ghost, and this was not trending very well. I'm screaming down the way at our trainer, hey, can you get Bryce back into the game? Like, tape him up. Like, let's go. And, And he was like, no, this this is not good. Like, anyone ought to have a broken foot, he couldn't play. Oh, wow. So I, I look at our team, and in that very moment, I called a timeout. My last time out of the game, which timeouts are precious in a game like that. Oh, yeah. And what I did, Virgil, was pretty much for 60 seconds. I pulled I, – I, I normally get on my knee, but I pulled – I got a chair. And I literally sat in front of the sophomore point guard. I got chills on my arm thinking about sitting there. Packed gym all around me, down to a chance to go to the state tournament. And for 60 seconds, I didn't talk to anybody else in the gym or to our team or to make an execution or a tactical change. For 60 seconds, I basically tried to tell him in as many words and as quickly as I could that he was capable, that he could do it, that he could lead us. He had what it took. Um, and And the team would follow him. And uh, the rest of the story goes, we go back and forth in that game. <clears throat> We're down two. We're coming in our last possession of the game. Um, and we call this play called Gator, basically for our point guard to make, he had freedom of choice, lots of different options with some spacing principles. Uh, our young sophomore point guard makes the absolute right read well above his years drives the ball into the basket. He gets to the basket. They had a six, nine kid that plays in the ACC. Now jumps up to block his shot. He zips a pass out to the dead corner. And at the buzzer kid lets a, a shot go from the corner zip through the net. We went by one point. Oh man. And talking about like, there was so much going on in that moment. I was so sad for, you know, our young man, but I immediately just went and he ran. I'm starting to get tearful, like thinking about it. Like he came straight to me and I basically picked him up like he weighed 10 pounds. And we embraced in a way uh, that was just, it it was uncommon. He'll never forgive it. I'll never forget it. Our team will never forget it. Our community will never forget it. But stepping in a moment in time when you needed to be reminded, did I have what it took? And then being able to deliver in that moment. He, he tells the story now. It, I mean, that moment in time was a tipping point to life change in his life. Yeah. That probably propelled him to go play college basketball, to continue in this journey. And, and even beyond basketball, the, ba- the ball will stop. There'll be years. He'll be with his wife, his kids, in his business. He'll be telling the story when he doubted if he had what it took. And he had people around him that totally allowed him to be reminded yeah, th- that he was fully capable. So true. I think the, one of the most important things that I've heard recently from a gigantic fan of our podcast, he says, Virgin, you know what makes you and Drew so special is the fact that it most people would recognize the fact that you guys must have so much X's and O's knowledge of how the game works but your greatest impact has no x's and o's in it 
the greatest impact that you bring to the table is the human element of encouragement, empowerment, belief, faith that you instill in others. Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody's, we all have the energy, Yep. but the fear of failing or the fear of not being enough yep. is paralyzing to so many people and all they need is a little nudge. Yep. And you know, obviously that story is so great because I could just imagine, because I remember my moments, right? Yep. That's the right. moments where I was, you know, not not the same because it was as big of a basketball game, but to be a sophomore and not really getting that much playing time, and my this guy fouled out, and I'm like, now I'm the I'm the man, yeah, for the next four minutes, and to have a coach that I believed in tell me. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. I've watched you do this in practice. Mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable with you being in this position. In all actuality, your left-handedness right now is a huge advantage. So even if it was just complete whatever, <laughs> it, he had convinced yeah, me. That's right. That this particular moment is designed for me to succeed. Now go out there and do what you know how to do. And just drive that ball left-handed right down their throat, Love and it. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go do it. And then like, <laughs> it actually, and then it happened just like that. So that weird law of attraction, when you put it out there, too, it makes you want to go get it. And I'll just like th- that story that you just told about your player, just as like it brings obviously it brought tingles to you, but it brought tingles to me. I'm like, oh wow, I hadn't thought about that moment. In 30 years. But like moments like that, they're as as fresh 30 years later as they were the day that it happened. Like I just like, it's just got, whoa. Yeah. I remember that moment. (laughs) And like, that's the thing that I I don't ever take lightly. I know that I, I've studied the golf swing upside down and sideways. I know that I have the ability to kind of make something happen pretty quick. But to know the stories of people that, that tell me about what, the other things yes. are, it almost makes me, that's why I, like these books and this podcast fills my cup up in a different light because when I'm around another great coach, who's got another group of experiences that don't even related to my sport, but they're related to life. Yes. It's like, man, you need to, you got to keep drawing on different things because you can't only go to the well so many yeah. times on one particular right. story. Right. And I was just like, man, the, the value that a coach has is way past X's and O's. Yep, that's right. And in, in the book, I, I talked about maybe the greatest coach of all time, John yes, Wooden. Love it. And what, ultimately, of things of capability, don't let what you can't do yes. interfere or stop you from doing what you can do. And oftentimes, that is we put a limit on ourselves. Yep. Well, I'm not as good as this person. I, I can't do, but what can you do? Yeah. And that doesn't mean you any more or less significant than somebody else, yep. but do what you can do. Yes. Period. Yes. That goes back to what we talked about with anchor, you know, anchoring yourself to what your specific strength is and how the effect it can have, but where we get caught so badly is in the, is in the comparing of that. Oh yeah. And, and then it starts to limit us. You know, and I, I think it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, uh, do you watch Ted Lasso? 
simply one of the greatest shows (laughs) ever. I was hoping you would say that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What a great show. Okay, so, you know, I I think it's there's so many interesting things. But I I always think about the goldfish because, you know, he talks about the shortest memory span, Mm -hmm. which which allows last week's word of bravery, having that short attention span, just to be able to get back on the bike and ride again, shoot a next shot, take the next golf shot, make the next decision. But the interesting thing about a goldfish, too, is the goldfish will grow to the size of what its limitations are. So if it's placed in a fish bowl or a bigger, it will continue to grow. So many times, as it relates to capable, drawing parallel to the goldfish, we limit ourselves and already set the ceiling of what we're capable of. Yeah. And that's the danger. There's too many external forces that are working against you. The absolute worst thing that can happen is for you to start to draw those boundary lines of what you're capable of. Yeah. And so many times we do that. And I think there's nobody that's exempt. I even think that the greatest of the greats also have their own limits. They just figure out how to push through them. They yeah. recognize Good the point. barrier that they put on themselves and then they snap out of it. And the thing to take from those people, are what are the tools that they're employing to move past yeah. the limitations that they've preconceived put in their head? And I think we're all in search of that answer. What is the answer? Yeah. The answer is, you know, it's everything's within you. You have the ability to learn from others and yourself and the past and implement it to go forward. And we've never lived in, a, in an age where more information is available to you at the snap of a finger. I mean, I was listening to an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk not long ago, and Elon Musk said something similar, too. It's like, educate, our education system needs to adjust in time right now because literally everything that we've done since probably 1940 is how to, in, how to investigate information, how to yeah. get information. Well, information's a commodity now. Yeah. You tap Siri and say, Siri, what, what X, whatever it was. Right. And then two seconds, you have your answer. So we're, we need to be thinking in a way that when you have the opportunity to have all of this information, the only thing that's stopping you from doing it is the fear of actually doing the work. That's right. Because it's all there. Yep. We don't need. Well, I mean, there, like I said, there's never been more amount of information that if you want to figure out how do you do a podcast you can google it and boom it shows up and i'm like oh okay i gotta need this computer i need this headset i need this recorder i need this machine that kind of ties it all together and you're off and running now the, the now it's up to your content i get it all figure out how to put it all together a little bit of help from chase obviously and next thing <laughs> you know we're like here we are yeah and You've never done a podcast, and up until that point, I'd never done a podcast, but we, we know we're capable. Yeah. We just had to, like, stick our toe in the water. Like, ooh, it's cold. Guess I'll just jump in. Yeah. You know? And then we jumped in. I wish more people were just not afraid to jump in. Right. Because, once, as we talked about in, the, in, in bravery, the ability to take action. Yes. Even if the action doesn't work out is significantly more impactful to your life than to have not done anything. That's exactly right. So my final part on capability or being capable is do not underestimate what you can do. Yep. With all the information that's available at our fingertips now, you're literally about two seconds away from at least the first step in the process to being capable. Yes. 
I can't, I can't even think of anything that's not that. Yeah. You can Google something and you'll have an answer in that's two right. seconds and you have at least what? Well, every great voyage starts with one first step. Boom. There's the first step. It. And all the great conquerors, all the great victors, all the great champions, all the greatness. <clears throat> we, we always think they became an overnight success, but that it was a lifetime of overnights. Yes. Amen. And that's what, it, that's what it takes is don't ever compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to you yesterday, challenge yourself and recognize that even if you, your resume doesn't state that you can do it, you're one step away from going on a voyage to prove that wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What's your final part? My, I mean, I just would love anybody that's listening to us to empower them that you do have what it takes. You are a person of value. You have unique gifts that the world needs. You need to unleash that on the world. Mm -hmm. You are right now um, downloading confidence and encouragement into people that you don't even know. And you're showing them that they're fully capable of moving forward with their next step as well. Yeah. So I, I just would want everybody to hear me say from you and I that we believe in you. And it is our obligation to go spread that I believe in you message with everybody we connect with. Yeah. And once again, as always, uh, you can reach out to us through our social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're on it. Uh, and, and send us our questions. If you feel like it's something that you would like to keep it private, just send us in a direct message. We'll get back to you immediately. But we, we, Drew and I both can't thank you all enough for your support for what we're doing and this elevated excavated journey. And we're, we're honored that you're coming along for the ride. We will look forward to having, seeing you next week as we delve into Chapter 6. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time.